0: good morning everyone it's friday october 8th and um, this is market color i'm cross towers bergen Sanderford, and i'm here with our research analyst martin gaspar our trader chad steinglass and our data analyst catherine webb today we'll be discussing the trending news and the updates in the market um, I'm going to start off by going to Martin because I've been seeing a lot of uh, news about Tether and a Bloomberg journalist um, just came out with several claims. So, Martin, what have you been hearing?
1: Yeah, there was a big Tether piece um, in Bloomberg the other day, a journalist came out making several claims against against Tether, including that its CFO Giancarlo DeVicini has used the company's reserves to make investments that contradicted Tether's public position, that their holdings were always fully backed. Uh, The article also alleged that Tether has invested in Chinese firms and issued crypto-backed loans worth billions of dollars. The report was only able to confirm one bank in the Bahamas was working directly with Tether. The article said that if Tether is taking enough risk to even earn a 1% return on Tether's entire reserves, that would give the company $690 million worth of annual profit. But if those loans fail, even a small percentage, um, you know, one Tether could become worth less than $1. Tether did respond to the report, calling it a tired attempt to undermine the company based on innuendo and misinformation. Stablecoin issuer challenged the credibility of reporter sources as an attempt to discredit Giancarlo DeVicini and Tether's executives and continued to claim its USDT tokens are fully backed, citing its quarterly assurance reports.
0: Wow, that's very interesting. Thank you for... Um, keeping us in the, the loop on that. And it will be, um, it'll be uh, good to have you to keep us updated. Um, so it's been a busy week on the global macroeconomic front. Um, last we checked in, we were discussing the debt ceiling and just minutes ago, we saw the September jobs report. So I'm gonna turn it back to Chad. Um, how are markets reacting this morning?
2: Good morning, Bergen. Uh, yeah, just a quick update from uh, from Wednesday morning when we last checked in. Um, you know, at, at that time, uh, everyone was writing about the uh, the, the looming problem of the debt ceiling, and the and the Republicans and Democrats in the Senate were in a standoff. Uh, however, since then, um, you know, Wednesday afternoon, McConnell. Uh, offered a deal to, uh, to Schumer, so that's, uh, you know, Senate, Senate uh, Minority Leader McConnell, offered a deal uh, that basically said, we'll, we'll allow a vote, um, which is something they had been blocking previously. And this is only a vote that just kicks the can down the road just a couple months. Um, so it's just a relief of the debt ceiling through December 1st. Um, but the Democrats took that deal. This is going to give them time to uh, potentially address debt ceiling issues in the, um, you know, the the big reconciliation bill that's working its way through Congress right now. So, market showed a lot of relief, um, you know, Wednesday and yesterday on on this. This is just like, you know, it's one of of several worries in the market right now. And at least this one we can push a couple months. Um, so, we saw a bit of a relief rally. Uh, just now we just had the non-farms payroll number come out and this is something that investors have been really looking at um, as kind of a make or break report like the last piece of data that's going to go into a Fed decision as to whether to start tapering or not. Um, you know, I just recall the last uh, Fed meeting Powell uh, indicated that as long as everything was looking okay with this report that the Fed would start tapering asset purchases in November. Now, the report just came out, and it was significantly lighter than expected. We were looking for a number of um, 500,000 jobs added in September, and the number came in at 194,000, so like less than half of what was expected. However, the uh, the unemployment rate did tick down to 4.8%. Um, you know which is uh which is a better number but there's there's gonna be i think this morning a lot of people are going to be digging through this report um you know we've we've seen this before where the number of jobs added is is very low but the unemployment rate is also going down um you know that's an indication that people are leaving the labor market um so there's going to be some digging into this report I think there's a chance that investors might take this as a um, as an indication that tapering might not start as early and as anticipated, if that's the case, I'd expect the uh, you know the dollar to start to weaken a little bit and maybe Treasuries to rebound a little. Uh, initial reaction so far, just in these first few minutes, has been pretty whippy. So uh, I think there's still a lot of uh, a lot of analysis to be done on this and a lot of kind of tea leaf uh, reading as to what this might uh, mean for for the Fed policy in the near term. Right. Back to you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It's definitely been a a day we've been looking um, towards to see uh, where it will take us. This was a big, a big deal. So while many eyes are on the U.S. markets and the Fed, are you seeing anything else in other parts of the world?
2: Yeah. uh, So Chinese mainland markets were open last night for the first time in a week. China had been on holiday for an entire week. Uh, you know right in the midst of their uh, their uh, crisis involving Evergrande, the big real estate developer um, the first move that China made coming back uh, you know from holiday was a surprise um, reduction in liquidity into the uh, into the banking system uh, the PBOC basically uh, did not offer uh, new lines of credit to replace uh, maturing lines of credit of very short-term credit to banks so that's like, you know, a, a very small version of like tapering on on their case, uh, and that started to push uh, rates up in China. It was a, kind of a surprise move, and honestly, I I don't know why they that's something that they would do in the midst of a uh, of a debt crisis and a real estate crisis. Um, <clears throat> however, there was some uh, that was a little bit offset by some stronger than expected manufacturing data out of China. Um, you know, right now uh, Europe is is pretty unchanged. There was some uh, weak. Data on on economic growth out of Europe earlier in the in the week uh, that is weakening the euro a little bit uh, with and and um, kind of uh, led the uh, the ECB to make some statements that they anticipate continuing um, you know easy easy uh, monetary policy there and potentially pushing back. Any uh, any monetary policy tightening. So uh, you know, as as the Fed goes with the US, the ECB with uh, with Europe, and it looks like they're pushing back uh, their tapering. We'll see if that's something that we do here as well. Back to you.
0: Thank you, Chad. Um, so, Martin already mentioned the the stablecoin tether. Um, But I noticed that it's not the only stablecoin that has been in the news. Um, I'm hearing that the reports that the FDIC is looking into whether stablecoins could be eligible um, for its insurance coverage. So, Catherine, would you mind telling
3: me more about that? Hi, Bergen. Yeah, of course. It's being reported that the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, the FDIC, which is the key banking regulator, is indeed studying whether a certain stablecoins might be eligible for its cover. The discussions have been described as preliminary with no clear timetable for making any policy decisions or how such changes would be communicated. All articles about this cite five sources with knowledge of the agency and how they think. The reports are that the agency is trying to analyze what pass-through FDIC insurance might look like for the reserves that stable toys issuers hold at banks. Such coverage would, allow, would ensure holders of the tokens up to losses of 250000 if the banks holding the collateral were to fail. The FDIC is also looking at what regular direct deposit insurance might look like for banks who want to issue stable coins themselves. Um, and carrying on from that. MoneyGram is now working with Stellar Blockchain in order to create instant money transfer using Circle's USDC Sablecoin. A pilot study will begin in early 2020 and the plan is to gradually roll it out over the year. This ledger-based solution will um, act as a stablecoin bridge between local currencies and crypto for all of MoneyGram's 150 million consumers. A CEO from Stella's Development Foundation, Danelle Dixon said that the partnership with MoneyGram will allow users to have on and off ramps anywhere within the MoneyGram network, calling the moon move transformational in terms of being able to exchange crypto for fiat and fiat for crypto. And next up, I wanna mention some news regarding funds. Investigo In Limited has announced the launch of two passively managed exchange traded funds focused on digital assets and blockchains. The new ETFs are now listed on the CBOC global markets. They're called the Investigo Alera Galaxy Crypto Economic ETF, or TICA SATO, and the Investoco Allegera Galaxy Blockchain Users and Decentralized Commerce ETF. Uh, ticker BLKC and they will offer uh, thematic equity exposure to global public companies and selective investment vehicles that are actively engaged in the cryptocurrency and blockchain sectors. Uh, We also had some news from Voyager Digital who revealed that its uh, fiscal first quarter revenue which ended on September the 30th has grown more than 600 million from 2 million a year ago has failed 40% from its fiscal fourth quarter, which ended on June the 30th. The number of verified users increased to more than 2 million, with net new deposits growing to 830 million from 35 million in the previous year. Next up we've got the news that George, uh, George Soros Family Office, the Soros Fund Management, has announced that it's invested in Bitcoin. This was revealed by the Soros Fund's uh, CEO, Dawn Fitzpatrick, who told Bloomberg that they own some coins and the coins themselves are less interesting than the use cases of DeFi. She went on to st- add that I'm sure that Bitcoin is, uh, I'm not sure that Bitcoin is only viewed as an, inf- in a, as an inflation hedge. I think that it has crossed the chasm to become mainstream. Uh, and finally, I'll end of the news that a Nigerian governor spoke at a conference stating that the central bank of nigeria will launch the e nairo its own digital currency in a couple of days he said this would make nigeria one of the first countries in africa and indeed the globe to adopt the digitalization of its national currency the governor has previously said that the e nairo would operate as a wallet against which customers could hold existing funds in their bank account and would accelerate financial inclusion and enable cheaper and faster debt remittance in place And that's my summary of the rest of the news. I'll pass you back to Bergen. I hope everyone has a great day and a wonderful weekend.
0: Thank you so much, Catherine. Um, It's always exciting to see uh, countries adopting crypto. And also, thank you for keeping us up to date with uh, funds that are adopting it as well. Um, Moving on into into more specifics about crypto. uh, Chad, what have you seen about the decoupling that's been happening?
2: Thanks, Bergen. Uh, let's see, so uh, so really, uh, crypto markets have been coupled uh, very closely with equity markets kind of moving um, in lockstep throughout. Uh, a lot of September, you know, as we've been talking about earlier this week, um, they've really become decoupled and crypto has been its, its own beast and, and not taken any cues on real direction from uh, from equity markets and bond markets. And that is continuing to be the case today. Um uh crypto made a strong move up overnight it's given back some of that move um but uh really all all week long we've seen crypto moving uh moving largely at times when equity markets are quiet and then crypto quiet at times when equity markets have been moving um you know this is kind of seen as a necessary condition for uh you know kind of to set the stage for any kind of um you know actual real big bull run in crypto so crypto enthusiasts are pretty uh Pretty happy about seeing this decoupling. Don't know how long it will last, and don't know if uh, if we'll actually get any kind of uh, you know exponential move. Um, but the stage is currently set, so that's something that uh, is kind of music to the ears of uh, of crypto traders right now. Um, also, looking at uh, you know looking at futures basis, so that's the price that uh, term futures are trading either below or above spot. Um, we've seen a, a significant inspan- expansion in the futures basis. So these futures are trading at a higher implied or at a higher price than than um, BTC spot is trading. Um, this could be from either a, a rush of investors looking to get long exposure through uh, trading through derivatives and through futures. Um, you know, it could also be a, a, a big reduction of short interest. But uh, my personal opinion is, I think that this is. Um, you know, largely influenced by traders looking to position themselves for the uh, for the imminent approval of a futures based Bitcoin ETF, and they're looking to load up on CME futures specifically if they think that the uh, the ETF structure that will be um, you know first approved will be uh, comprised of holding uh, long CME futures. So traders are loading up on CME futures and pushing that basis higher in anticipation of. An ETF coming because when the ETF does get approved and money flows into it, the ETF will need to purchase those futures. So traders are trying to get ahead of that. That's something that I'm going to be watching very closely. Uh, you know, we've been talking about ETFs for months and months and months, um, but it's the conventional wisdom right now is that at least a futures-based ETF might be very much on the near-term horizon. Thanks.
0: Thank you. Um, certainly seeming that way. And Martin, are you seeing anything uh, like people chattering about it on Twitter? What about futures or what's what are people talking about on the Twitter front?
1: Yeah, I think it was uh, you know, a lot of interest following the, uh, the Tether report. Even, uh, you know, this morning we had CNBC's Jim Cramer tweeting that, uh, you know, Evergrande's impact on the credit markets in China is really linked to Tether, not to the U.S. banks. Um, so some interesting speculation comments here. Really, there is uh, you know, no hard evidence that uh, Tether owns any Evergrande debt. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to watch that. Uh, there's also been uh, you know, a bunch of tweets you know, with the Bitcoin price action this week that uh, you know, it seems to be an institutional uh, led rally, right? Because we saw Bitcoin outperform a lot of alts. Um, You know, typically, it it could be the other way around. Um, But we know that institutions, you know, have, of crypto, you know, really, they have the most access to Bitcoin. Um, So if Bitcoin continues to lead like this, you know, it could be a sign that more and more institutions um, are entering the space.
0: Well, definitely ties everything together, especially uh, what we've been talking about this week. But um, I'm going to turn it back to Crosstower news to finish out today's uh, segment. Um, We have the Bermuda tech panel coming up. It will be on the 14th and our chief compliance officer, Vanessa Williams, will be moderating a panel. So check out our LinkedIn and our Twitter channels um, to sign up and find out more information about that. Also visit our website, crosstower.com, if you're interested in learning about, um you know the details and the the conversations that are ongoing in the crypto community it's a great place to to really join the conversation uh that wraps up today's episode of market color i hope everyone has a wonderful weekend and we'll be back monday with more news thank you